what's up, guys? This is Juliet, and you're watching and listening to Broken Girl Unchained podcast. And today I have a lovely special guest by the name of Leah Martin Brown. Hi, I'm Leah Martin Brown. I'm born. I'm from Australia originally, but I've been in Los Angeles for six years now, and I'm a vocalist. A songwriter and a and guitarist, and I play in a band called the Evil Walks. I love that Evil Walks. <laughs> yeah, evil Walks in my accent. Evil Walks in American. Yeah, we're we're gonna apologize in advance for any uh, any horrible Australian accent impersonations that happen. Um, uh, uh, we'll just get that disclaimer out of the way right now. Oh my gosh! So fun. <laughs> now, is don't it... call a, sh- a shrimp a prawn. Don't call a prawn a shrimp. We're fine. All right, <laughs> duly noted. <laughs> now, I mean, do you get offended when people try to um, to mimic your accent or? No, no, I don't. The only like I do remember there was a few weeks ago there was this super drunk dude who was like insisting that he was an actor and he's like i'm so good at accents i'm gonna do an australian accent i was like okay and he did it he's like it's so good i'm like he's like what do you think he's like do you want me to tell you what i actually think he's like yeah i need it for studies like it's really bad he's like it's not bad you know and he got so and he kept like doing it all night to like prove it wasn't bad and it was literally the worst thing i've ever heard in my life and i was ready to like knock him out oh god that would (laughs) as long as you're not that guy that was me (laughs) right we we have uh we've had another guest on a couple times she's a life coach from australia and uh kind of from your neck of woods the woods where you're from and um every time juliet tried to do the accent it, it sounded like she was you know like from Mary Poppins or something. No, like I that, just sounded know? like a retarded British. I don't know. <laughs> like every stereotype of, yeah. of every bad British <laughs> accent really ever funny. done. That was me. Yes, that was me. Um, well, it's very lovely to have you on our show today, and I'm anxious to um, dive right in. And I love the fact that you're open and that you're ready to. I don't know. Let's get unchained. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I know. Okay, so. Tell me a little bit about, are you signed with a, um, with a record label or how does that normally work? Um, oh God, isn't that the age old question? I wish we all knew how it worked. Um, Mm -hmm. so at the moment I have, we have a manager, um, we're managed by Blue Lemon Management. Um, they're based over in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, so I'm managed by Jens Lundberg. He takes care of my stuff personally and also Evil Walks' stuff. Um, our last record we put out, we put out through Cobalt, which is kind of like a label distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this, I'm working on the new record and at the moment we're kind of shopping around for labels for this one. Nice. Sweet. I should like do my own label. Well, I know Sweden's, Sweden's big. I know your music's really heavy and I know Sweden's... Um Sweden's big. They love their metal over there. And I know so. Mike is a huge, he's a metal head for sure. I'm a total metal head. I played drums in a metal band for like eight years and stuff. So, um, I, I, I'm digging it. So yeah, he, he loves it. He loves it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, to tell you the truth, I love it too, but I just, it, I like the part when, okay, when females are singing or are doing uh, heavy metal, I love the part that they, they start harmonizing, you know what I mean? Towards either yeah. the middle or I, I don't know how it goes, but I, I that's what I like Evanescence or, um, oh, know. Amy Lee, Amy Lee. Yes. I saw that you, you did a cover. Yeah. You have a cover on your, um, uh, yeah. Uh, what was the song that you covered? It was one of Shinedown songs, um, right? Uh, no, it wasn't a Shine. We did, um, 
I covered Broken with Broken. Uh, Amy right. Lee and Seva. And then I also did a yeah, and then I also did a cover of Haunted by Evanescence and then Margarita Monet from Within Ten, um, Edge of Paradise uh, did the like the harmony on that as well. So I think that's floating around on my profile somewhere. Yeah, it was pretty kick ass, that's for sure. Now, I mean, would you feel comfortable to maybe sing us something? <laughs> Uh, maybe when we get a little bit warmed up I've, okay. uh, I've actually been really sick all week So I had a gig last night But it's uh, the weather here And I don't know You guys are in Modesto, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Do you know where yeah, that's at? So I know it's in California, isn't it? Yes, it is It's in Northern California Okay, so if you're in a plane And this is how I like to paint Modesto <laughs> If you're in a plane And you see those little patches of grass That's Modesto Yeah Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. It's like, oh, there we are. Right? <laughs> it's like we're we're a small, sleepy town. I like to um, to say, but we're clo- we're more closer to like Stockton and Sacramento and stuff like that. But um, okay, yeah. So, um, but we're gonna be down in LA next week, so I'm excited for that. Oh yeah. Well, it's the weather is kind of a bit bipolar at the moment. It's absolutely freezing at night, and then in the day. It's kind of hot but the wind's really cold so uh-huh. i've got some i've got some weird like i just got over being sick and now today i've got like some weird head congestion i'm like god damn it make up your mind <laughs> it's summer no <laughs> i mean summer. so let me ask you this do you miss um australia or the the weather i do miss parts about australia i definitely miss like our summers are just amazing i miss the food and i obviously i miss my family and you know just the the familiarity of you know, being, you know, living in the country that you grew up in and, you know, like cultural stuff that I find funny or that I remember doesn't exist here. Just little things, like even even things that you think are like just so run of the mill, like oh, I'm going to go post a letter. Like even that is so different here. So it's just like, it's just little things that I go, oh, and then I go home and I'm like, oh, that's right. So it's just little things like that. Yeah. Well, moving here, was it like a uh, cultural shock? It was a little bit. I um I definitely had to learn um how like how Americans kind of talk to each other because it's very different from the way that we would usually. So it, I had to like kind of adjust the way I did things for a little while until I got like a friend group that I was super comfortable with and they understood like ah oh, the culture difference. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. When I moved from San Diego here to Modesto, it was a culture shock. I was like, I, I, I mean, my home was right off of the beach. And then when I moved here, it was like, it was like cows in my backyard. I could not believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about kind of what brought you out to the States and, uh, was it music that brought you out and did you, um, like have a a reason to come out or you just kind of came out searching for that, um, searching to, to better your career or what was the, the, what was your, your, how'd you get that done? Um, I was kind of, I was, I kind of remember what I was doing. I'd finished my bachelor's degree and I was kind of halfway through a master's and then I kind of got sick of doing that. So I started doing a different master's and I was just kind of bouncing around like they were all in music. So I wasn't really doing that much. And then I got this, I had a band back home that we kind of like would sporadically tour with around Australia and whatever. And um, I got this email um, asking me to like come over to the States because this A&R kind of company had found what my old band did online and were like, we really think we could do something. Like, are you the songwriter? I was like, yeah, I'm the songwriter. Like, cool. um, Do you want to come over and do this showcase over here? I was like, yeah, sure. 
So I came over to LA on like January. This they told me this on like December thirteenth, twenty thirteen, and I was here by January first, twenty fourteen. Oh wow! So I kind of just like. I just kind of upped and left. I didn't really, I had to like, I was on a tourist visa because back then you could perform at conventions and um, expos and stuff on a tourist visa. It didn't matter. You just had to have like, before they changed it, you just had to have letters saying like, you're not getting paid. Mm -hmm. And so I went and I kind of got here and realized that what I was doing in Australia wasn't really up to par with, you know, the level that is here, especially in LA. Oh, for sure. So yeah, it's just totally two different worlds. Um, and so I had a manager back then at the time who, funnily enough, was one of the main producers on Evanescence's first, their big record, Fallen, that came out. So mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. And he kind of helped me kind of find the music because I didn't know anyone. Like, I literally came here. I knew nobody. Um, even my manager, like, I met him when I landed. So oh, he kind of helped me put the, the initial band together, which none of those guys are in the band anymore. Uh-huh. Um, and we did this showcase and I kind of started writing the, our first record with um, a producer called Brian Howes, who I've that's who I'm doing this new record with now. We're going back to the him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just kind of that's kind of how it started. And everything else I've just kind of built from from there. Yeah, you kind of just went from yeah. there. Now, have you met like Evanescence or um, any of those, you know, um, people that I'm sure at the time you were like, you know, they were your someone you that inspired you i unfortunately haven't met evanescence although apparently uh there's a dude who played bass for them on like one of the tours or one of the records at least uh, i've met him so it's sort of um, <laughs> i wish i missed uh, does that count i don't know i um, i'm very blessed and very lucky that i get to play and um you know move in the same circles as a lot of musicians that i really look up to and a lot of people who who are like you know the session guys the, the huge acts so I've kind of inadvertently met a lot of people, you know, not realizing it and then later being like, oh shit, they played for them. Fuck, that's crazy. Um, I did some co-writes on the last album. Like I was a huge Atreyu fan when I was in high school. Two of the songs on the last record, I got to co-write with um, Dan and Travis, Uh which was an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. They're both phenomenal songwriters and players. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to also co-write with Jake Pitts from Black Veil Brides. And like, I was super into Black Veil Brides (laughs) um, right before I moved (laughs) to America. I just, I don't know, Andy's voice, it's great. I love it. Oh, oh yeah. See, yeah, I yeah, was I like I, I was like a huge Stain fan. Like, I would, I was like one of, I, I wasn't a groupie or anything, but I would travel just to go and see them. And then as soon oh, that's as... amazing. I know, I love his voice. And then after that, I just kind of, I, I don't know. I just, after they split or they stopped making music, I was just like, hmm. I'm not. I'm not listening to any more alternative. And then Vanessa's came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I fell in love with her. But um, no, you. Um, I I caught you on Instagram, and you were. First of all, and and foremost, you are absolutely beautiful. And being the fact that today is um Women's um International Day, Empo- empowerment, uh, yeah. International Women's Day. Or, yeah, yeah. W- 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 whichever. I think it should be every day. I think everyone should feel empowered. Um, I thought it was a perfect day for you to uh to be on the show because I mean, just you just look so strong and you look so confident and you're beautiful and 
you can tell like you um you have this spark in your eye you know what i mean that um that caught my attention and i don't i didn't understand like how i didn't i never heard your music or anything like that until i started um researching you or cyber stalking you <laughs> <laughs> either it's fine <laughs> um and I really started to enjoy your your music and your voice was so melodic or is so melodic. And so um, I was just I had to reach out. So um, it was, you know, a perfect day for you to be on the show. And um, I, yeah, I just had to say that. You're hot. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. That means a lot. <laughs> I really appreciate it. So tell us a little about your um, your musical journey. Kind of, you know, where did you, you start? You know, you said you had some, someone fly you out. like, And so you ha- already had kind of someone built in that you could start working with. Where, where did it kind of go from there? Um, so, yeah, I, I flew in. I was introduced to my manager and we kind of... Um, we like put together the band I'd be I was writing the I was in the process of writing with Brian so the first time we played we didn't have a lot of like you know I'd only had like three or four original songs for the new project I had like 40 for my old project but they're not really ones I could use for this so 2014 was just a year of kind of like building writing the record playing some shows like it was really hard to get booked for shows because no one had ever heard of us uh-huh. and I wasn't a local, so I didn't know anyone. So it's, you know, nowadays, even if I started a new band, I could be like, hey, book us, you know, and they'd be like, oh, it's you, that's fine. Whereas back then they're like, would not give us the time of day. They're like, oh, you can pay to play. I was like, get fucked. Yeah, I, I, I played <laughs> so, on quite a few shows like that where it's like, oh, your spot yeah. tonight is based on how many tickets you sold and you end up, you know, the band ends up buying half the tickets just so you can get a better, so you're not playing at eight o'clock. You know what I mean? They make you, some of the places here will charge you up front you have to pay half of the tickets before you get them as a deposit it's like crazy so i've never done that which is good like i've i've missed out on some really big sh- um like shows because i'm that the people come hey you want to play it's this much money i'm like no i don't yeah no I mean, thank you it's different from a buy-on a buy-on is totally different to pay to play like they're two different things mm-hmm. buy-ons if done strategically are fantastic pay to play is a piece of shit Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, so <laughs> You're fine. No, that's okay. I, I, you know, it, it's always it's always intrigued me how the industry works. Like, I just don't like I I've always wanted to know or get some insight how a artist or how a um, you know actor or actress you know lives their life and how they get there. You know, it, I'm, I'm sure it's a hit or miss sometimes. It's very confusing and it's like literally like it's just a big the music industry is a fucking mess and I love it. <laughs> but it's just it's just so confusing for so many you know, it's so confusing. being I'm I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, of course, I do podcasting and stuff, and you know, it's just and for us, it happens. You know, we're interviewing all of these people that are in the industry, and you know, they're well known, and and I'm just like I'm only getting halfway there. How come I'm? I want to get all the way there. How do I get all the way there? <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet these people in person, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and I just feel like like most of my life I've been getting halfway there, but and I just can't, you know, fo- fully fulfill that. So it's like, do you ever feel like you're only getting half, you know, getting half of what you're trying to strive for? Honestly, I feel like a giant failure ninety five percent of the time. So really? you know, and then I. 
have, and then I have times like this when you say, I'm like so excited to talk to you. I was like, why is she excited to talk to me? <laughs> so, you know, I think um, as an artist, I think this is like the artist curse. Uh, a lot of the time, like we, we don't feel like, I mean, maybe I'm just speaking for everybody else right now and I'm only talking about myself, but you know, there are times when I go, yeah, I'm doing well. I, I'm, this is, you know, I'm on track. This is, I'm happy with how I am. And then, you know, most of the rest of the time it's like, this isn't, you know, I want to be further ahead. Why aren't I doing that? Like, I'll find myself comparing to other people. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'll, I, I find a lot of the times I don't celebrate my success. And instead I'm focusing on what I don't have, which is part of my new, like, news resolution, like, focused on, you know, what being you do happy have. With what I'm, yeah. Cause it's like, if you look at it, if I look at what I've done, like, retrospectively in the last since moving to LA, I couldn't, like, I'm so impressed with myself, <laughs> but I never do that. So I'm just like, I suck. So, you know what, you know. Mikael, he's like that too. Like he'll focus on the negative and he won't focus on the positive. And I always tell him to, you know what, focus on the things, all the blessings instead of focusing on the things that are not happening yeah. because the, those things you can't control right now. Yeah. I think it's easier exactly. sometimes to just be like, well, this isn't happening you know what I mean? So I can hyper-focus on that versus, you know, the, the successes that you've had. Yeah. It just makes it, it's tough. Um, and I'm sure yeah. with oh. being in LA, the music scene's probably completely saturated there. And, and you know what I mean? There's a lot of, a lot of competition and a lot of um, other bands, you know, vying for the same, same spots. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, because there's plenty, um, like the scarcity complex thing, I never really understood because to me, there's enough room for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, the LA, there's a lot going on in the LA market, but once you get to a certain point, you will know each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I kind of, I'm not really sure. I kind of happened to land, land in a really good place. I just, all of a sudden i all of the, like I, I, cause I, I love to go out. I go out a lot. So I kind of skipped all of the, the first year was hard. Like it, it took me until December for us evil walks to get a show. It was nearly 12 months before anyone would book us in LA and the Viper room gave us our first show. Mm -hmm. And that's how, why that will always be our home. But how'd you live though? I mean, how would, I mean, were you eating top ramen each day or did you have a part-time job? I mean, like, can you give me an insight? Oh, yeah, of course I can. No, um, so when I first moved over, I was only on a tourist visa to begin with, so I couldn't work. But I had, you know, I was studying back home. I'd had a full-time job. I had a full-time job as well as studying. I'd been working since I was 14. Um, I had a car. So I sold my car and I got 10 grand. Well, I put my car on the market. It took a lot longer to sell, but I had a very benevolent uncle slash godfather who's like okay as long as you give me the cash for your car when it gets sold i'll give you 10 grand up front oh nice so he kind of so he lent me some cash so i could go immediately i had a bunch of credit cards i had a, a few savings because um, my mom and i were working on buying me a unit mm -hmm. like a, an apartment so i had all this money and i was just like well <laughs> set myself up for life chase my dream and i'm in la six years later so it was go. the first year I was going back and forth in the first year because obviously I wasn't allowed to stay here. So I'd come here, do stuff. I'd go home, I'd work, do some work, come back. Um, and then I finally got my O one, one which was my artist visa, mm -hmm. granted at the beginning of 2015. Um, I still had like, I could get money from gigs that way. I had like a little bit of passive income from royalties. And then I got my green card from through the lottery in 2018. So I do, I, 
I get to work from home, which is awesome because my dog is much better behaved. But during the day, like I do music and then I also actually work in advertising and I sell, um, I do billboards and outdoor advertising for music and cannabis and fashion and all that fun stuff. Oh, nice. So I do have, I do as well as all my music stuff, I do have extra that I do on the side because I don't know. I just, I like to not eat ramen every night right. <laughs> it makes a big difference you know you know so, it's so funny because i always tell mike i'm like you know what if i have to i'll i'll starve <laughs> oh yeah like i have no i don't know i just like i'm so hungry to where i want to get at where it's just like i'll sacrifice whatever i need to sacrifice to get there and I'm like, fuck that. I, I like, I want to eat. He, you he know? likes his flaming mignon. So I keep my regular yeah. nine to five, you know. <laughs> so, it, so. I for, I did like just purely music for the first four and a half, five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I had good, I had great months where I made a lot of money. And then I had bad months where I made none. And then um, especially in the process of swapping my green card over and like, even when we went on tour, like I had no money when we were on tour. Luckily, when I went on tour in Australia, I had a lot of friends who were like, here, let me take you out to dinner. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. I haven't seen you in um, Yeah, it was great. But, you know, 2018 and the beginning of 2019, I just, there was absolutely no cash. So it's kind of like I've gotten to a point where it's, it, and it was becoming like, it was to the point that it was detrimental to my career because I was like having trouble affording Ubers to get to my gigs. So... Yeah, that, like, that could be tough if the if the lead singer doesn't show up. You know. <laughs> yeah, so I do have like, I think I've done. I did the starving musician thing, and now I'm in the like comfortably okay musician thing. So it's like <laughs> I have enough money to pay all my bills, and you know I can and I can get to my shows and like still not be freaking out. But I also like have so much time to do music because I find it easier for me to do music when I'm not constantly panic about panicking about where my next dollar is coming from so how was that uh you said you guys went on tour um how many cities did you guys play and it sounds like you went international too or at least back to your to your home home country you know um how long were you guys on tour for from and you know what were some of the places you guys played favorite venues that sort of stuff we haven't been on tour for a very long time um we had an opportunity in 2015 um because i was still like one foot in the door of being in the australian industry then so uh, we did Australia twice in 2015, once at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and then once at uh, like the September, October. The July of 2015, we went over to Europe um, and we played Woodstock in um, this little tiny town on um, border town between Germany and Poland. Uh-huh. Um, we played like Woodstock there in front of like 250,000 people, which was nuts. Oh my gosh. Um, I know, it was a bit strange, but it was great. I had I had a really good time, but I was just like, wow, that's a lot of people. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, we went into Amsterdam, we played the Paradiso, um, and then we played another venue that I can't remember the name of. We played in Berlin, like kind of through there, and then we did a West Coast US tour. So that's kind of, that was like a bunch of touring, kind of like a bunch of smaller tours, like all condensed into like literally the last four months of the year. Because we went July to August, September to October, and then October to November. Now, let me ask you this. Now, um, have you been to Coachella? I have not been to Coachella. Oh my gosh, you have to go to Coachella. I went last year and um, 
and it was so much fun yet it, it was interesting because I I kind of went alone I went with um, my godbrother and then um, he took off with some girl and it was just me wandering the whole you know venue by myself yeah. and um, but it was so interesting and I wish I would have had a girlfriend or something like that to go with but um, you have to go to Coachella because it would have been such a cool experience if I went with like a group of people or whatever but it's definitely um, something you have to experience being down south <laughs> uh, I've, I've always really wanted to go but um, as previously mentioned up until about like middle of last year I was like so broke so that's why I'm just like yes I can finally do things yeah <laughs> been there <laughs> yeah I Rage Against the Machines playing this year right I I think no I, I don't know. This is no? your neck of the way. I, I have no idea. The, oh, oh, out there in Coachella. Yes, yes. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was going to say, that's more, that's more your, your music. Yeah, than, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I was thinking Tool for some reason. I don't know. When I looked over at you, I, I, it just triggered Tool. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, do you, uh, do you do any other covers? Yeah, I um, I kind of, I started on my Instagram doing like a cover a week and then I got sick, so I haven't done one for a week. But yeah, I, I kind of do whatever, like the band, like Evil Walks as such, we'll sometimes cover like Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Oh, nice. Um, we do occasionally, like we'll do Highway to Hell. Uh, we've done Man in the Box by Alice in Chains. And then when I do the jam nights around Hollywood, um, they kind of just tell me what to sing or maybe I'll suggest it. So I, I kind of cover everything. People just kind of ask and I do it. But as like set covers, um, we don't do too many because we're trying to – Paranoid probably the like one we play the most. Yeah. If you could um, – if, if there was a song or that you could add into the mix, which one would you pick? And I know that's kind of a loaded question, but – it really is. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I would really, I've already talked to the guys about doing like a recorded cover and like releasing of 46 and 2 by Tool because that's just one of my favorite songs to cover ever. Mm -hmm. um, and we, as a band, we haven't done it. I've done it with other musicians, but not with them. There are so many. I know. I, I, I totally put you on the spot there. I know. I thought about it after I asked the question. I said, man, that's kind of a fucked up question to ask. <laughs> I'll be thinking about that for a very long time otherwise. Like, I, I'll just, I'm like, oh, there's this one. And then the whole podcast will just turn into me, like, throwing song names at you. So right. Or they'll just be, like, dead air. <laughs> <laughs> Mikhail's used to that. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just tangent off and he's like, what the fuck are you even talking about? <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, we're, we're going to be cutting that out. Yeah. A bit <laughs> no, but, you know, I can you say fuck one more time? Me? Yes. Again, the, uh, I we're, just, we're tangenting off. I, I don't even care. No, Just zip it, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I have a point. I promise. I just love the way she says, like, I'm trying, I'm trying to learn. So the more I hear it, the more I learn it. She's still on this accent. Shit. I can, I can say fuck one more time for you. There you go. Fuck. Is it fuck? Fuck. 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 Yeah. Fuck. It's Hasha. He's trying to teach me. He's like, it's, it, it, say Hasha. <laughs> yeah so i'm trying to like take mental notes of your like every time you say ka is it ka 
Okay. I don't know. Anyways, I know. I know. I'm being stupid right now. (laughs) He's like, you're so retarded. Um, Okay. So let me ask you this. You've been to some red carpet events. Is that correct? Oh, pardon. Sorry. That just dropped out a little bit then. Um, The red carpets events that um, I seen on your Instagram. How were those? I mean, I've always wanted to experience something like that. So can you tell me, I mean, is it fast paced? I mean, do you see an artist that you're absolutely starstruck by and you're like, oh my God, I'm trying my hardest to keep myself together right now um i honestly red carpets are a bit strange and maybe i've just been some strange ones i don't know if they're all like this but it's like to be on the red carpet you have to have like been registered beforehand and they have like your little photos so that's how they know who everyone is and it's kind of like kind of like a line and then they kind of like usher you on when it's your turn and you take all the photos and it's like lots of flashing and then they kind of usher you off so it's you know and then you go into the event or whatever so it's a bit it's a bit strange like um when I was at the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame Awards earlier this year, there was there were some people in there, but it was like such a weird red carpet that you were like, oh my God, it, oh, was it them? Where did they go? Oh shit. <laughs> then you saw them later. You're like, oh shit, it is them. And then they'd be gone again. You're like, fuck, come back. So it's like, um, it's it's definitely, it's fast paced. Like it's fast paced, but it's also like, it's like organized chaos in my experience, at least. I may have just been to some, yeah, it's a lot of just like standing and waiting for the carpet and jumping in and hoping. And the ones that you don't have to register for, like the ones that they just, it's whoever's attending, those ones are kind of just like, quick, there's nobody there, quickly get a photo. Okay, great, great, great. Okay, jump off. Great. Okay, we made it. <laughs> I, I have this. Let's hope I look good. I have this picture of like the photographers like screaming at people, like, we don't know who the fuck you are. You know, like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <You know. laughs> who guides you through the red carpet? Is it a publicist or is it like just someone that is just trying to get you to point A to point B? Kind of, it can be whatever. It can be either. Like if your publicist is there or like your manager's there, they can kind of, I let them navigate it. Um, and then sometimes if you're just there on your own, there'll be like a, a person at the front. It's like, okay, now it's your turn things like kind of things like that and then there's the ones that are like literally just a carpet with like a in LA they like to put them everywhere sometimes it's not even an event that is a red carpet they've just put one there because Instagram and so they're a bit kind of like you know quickly get in while no one's looking like quickly phantom red carpets for sure now I just wanted to um it, one of the articles that I sent um Leah was the um, uh, Broken Girl's Guide to Being a Boss Bitch After Heartbreak. And, um, and I remember the title, yes. Yeah, sorry. He was just like looking at me like, huh? And then <laughs> I spaced. Um, anyway, I, it, now, have you ever had your heart completely broken and you just either wanted revenge or did you, how did you get over your heartbreak? I mean, I continually have my heart broken. So, <laughs> Um, I just, I just kind of put like, throw myself into the music and I kind of just focus on that. I usually write, this new album is going to be fantastic. I really wouldn't want to be my ex-boyfriend hearing these songs. <laughs> um, if I had an ex-boyfriend, we don't talk about that. Um, right, allegedly. <laughs> for, yeah. Yeah. The, if I alleged, if I had an ex-boyfriend, which I don't because they died in a bizarre gardening accident in July. It was very sad. Right. Um, I hate when that yeah. happens. Damn it. Yeah, I was, was digging was holes awful. the other day. <laughs> for my ex-husband. Fell right in, you know, just fell right in the wood chipper it was terrible um but anyway yeah so I kind of just um you know throwing myself into music um 
definitely like I, I exercise a lot. Like I have a husky German Shepherd mix for a do- for my puppy. Oh, mm-hmm. So like we walk. Yeah, so we do a lot of walking. So we do like I do like I just got back from like about a seventy minute walk this morning. He'll go for two more today, and then I also go to the gym and work out. I do yoga. So I just really focus on like bettering myself. Um, back in the day, I would get hammered and party, but um, I I'm sober now. So How I don't old do that. are you? Uh, I'm twenty eight. Oh, you're 28. Okay, so she's 10 yeah. years. Okay. So how long have you been? Uh, how long have you been sober? How long? Have... I'll be eight months tomorrow. Oh, oh wow. good for you. I, I I tried that. Well, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> I tried that. <laughs> I did that. No. Um. I I I tried the whole sobriety thing. Well, it was during my healing process for um yeah. after my divorce and stuff like that, and it was just so heartbreaking, and um I realized that I was just uh self medicating. And, um, and yeah, I got myself into tons of trouble and, (laughs) and it just wasn't a healthy lifestyle and I have children and I knew if I was going to, I wanted a long, um, you know, life, a a lifespan. And I knew the rate Mm -hmm. I was going, I wasn't going to get there or I was going to kill somebody else or kill myself or, you know, hurt someone or hurt my kids. And I just wasn't willing to put myself through that or anyone else. So it was time to get sober. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's honestly like it's, I feel like I got sober after a breakup, alleged breakup with someone who doesn't (laughs) exist. Um, (laughs) And that's, yeah, that's the reason I do that. Mentally, I was just like, if I keep going, I'm going to kill myself. Well, there's a lot to lose too, right? mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh God. I wasn't, I wasn't really focusing on that. I was just more focusing on like maybe throwing myself out a window. Yeah. When you, I think that that came to me later like all the things I could have lost if I'd have done that, but I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking I was kind of in my own like bubble of pain, which I'm sure that you can relate to. I, I encourage you to read that article because that article, it, it definitely breaks down. Like sometimes you're just too much woman for that guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that guy is just not enough man for you, you know? So it's just like, yeah. or sometimes his ego may be bigger than his dick size. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about um, what are some of the, you know, you said you guys did a, a West Coast kind of tour. Did you, what were some of the, the cities you liked playing the most? Um, what, what, what places were receptive? You know, what were some of the venues that you liked playing and stuff like that? So I, I really enjoyed, obviously Poland was great to play in because it was a massive festival. Um, mm-hmm. I always love playing in Melbourne. Um, Melbourne is always big because like I, st- I studied in Melbourne, so I lived there for a little while, and it's just got an awesome music scene. Everyone's really nice. The venues actually are like excited to have music in them, whereas some of the venues in Queensland, um, where I'm from, you know, they're just like, oh, the entertainment's here. I'm like, fuck, got to turn the <laughs> DJ off for a minute. <laughs> it, may have, it may have changed because I obviously I haven't played there for like five years now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I used to love playing this venue in my hometown called the Beer Garden. It was Surface Paradise Beer Garden. And oh God, it was just because it was the home venue, you know. I went back there at Christmas and it's like all changed and I cried a little bit. It was very <laughs> upsetting. Um, yeah, I, I love, like in LA, I love playing the Viper Room. That's, you know, that's always going to be my favorite. They gave us our first ever show. Um, I oh, worked yeah, there. I've like, seen that. I've seen that. You did a couple uh, shows there. 
Yeah, or oh, I play there way. I'm there way too much. <laughs> um, I love it there. Uh, what I, I played the Crocodile, I think, in Seattle was was fun. That was a cool place. And we played Doug Furlound in Portland. I really enjoyed that. That was a really good show. How fun. I can't, like, you just sound like you live a great, fun life. Don't have kids yet. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm definitely not ready for kids anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I started having kids like really, really young. So I, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm fi- I'm 38 years old right now and I'm barely starting to touch on my dream. And it's just like, maybe if I would have waited. <laughs> no, yeah, I feel like you can always achieve, you can always achieve your dreams. Yes. Like age is just a number. Right, right. Right, Mikkel? Right. Right. I, I don't know. I'm an old man here, so you are not an old man. He he's he's having a hard time um, getting older, and I'm just like, oh my god, this guy he can outrun me, he can outtwim me, he can outsurf me, he can. I can't even surf. I say that's not hard to do. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but he he. I'm like he knows how to snowboard. What else? Skateboard. I don't know. He he knows how to do it all. I was a typical California kid, you know. Yeah, he was a typical beach. Yeah. 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 So, do you have any last questions? Well, let's let's talk about what you guys have in you know. You said you're kind of finishing up an album right now, Mm -hmm. and um, what's kind of what's on tap? Are you guys looking to to get out and hit the road again, or see what see where it goes? Like, what's your what's your plan? Well, I would really like to go on tour, but I've been saying that since we stopped going on tour five years ago. So, (laughs) you know, that's always gonna always gonna be in my head. Um, But you know, just financially, it's something that would have to make sense. Like, we gotta. Hopefully go on tour. I'm I'm only two songs into the new record. We're working with Brian Howes again. Um, so the, the stuff is like, it's kind of, I've stripped it back to being, um, I, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy. It's heavier than the stuff we've done. But it, yeah, it's cool. I, I don't really know how to explain it without saying it's like, it's heavier, but uh-huh. it's still the same the same vibe like we're not going into like b standard or anything um and it's like very cool it's like a little bit more old school than the last record but not as old school as the first um so i'm, I'm having a lot of fun the two the two songs we've got so far are just i uh the one that we they're just great i'm really excited about them that's all i'm gonna say because i apparently i can't articulate <laughs> when it comes to my own music it's okay um, it's okay let me uh, ask you this when, Oh, I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. just waiting to hear back. I'm meant to be going to Stockholm, um, like in the next few weeks, to do some more writing um, with some people over there. My oh, manager nice. is just letting me know what's happening with that. Um, and yeah, just kind of play some local LA, show, LA shows and really focus on getting this record ready because I would really like to have it released by the end of the year. The end of the end of 2020. Oh, did you cut her off? Mm-mm. Oh, I'm here. Oh, okay. Uh, I was getting ready to sing, hello, is it me you're looking for? I'm just kidding. (laughs) That seems to happen often. (laughs) The guests are always like, are you singing at me? Like, what the fuck is this about? (laughs) If you can describe your music to our listeners, how would you describe it? Uh, I think asking a musician to describe their music is always, like, very difficult because the musician's like, oh, God, I don't know. It sounds like... um, Oh, well, the new stuff that's coming out, it's kind of, it's heavy. 
Uh, it's not like, you know, we're not playing around with crazy tunings or like using an eight string or a seven string or whatever. Um, you know, we're still playing in standard tuning, maybe a drop D here and there. Uh-huh. Um, and we're kind of taking a lot of uh, pulling some influences from like the old school metal. So there's like one of the tracks is like very kind of that like Metallica tone. Uh-huh. Um, like kind of like we even used a with the sample that we used on the demo snare is the same sample that they used for the black album. So oh, okay. that's kind of, yeah. So that's kind of that one. Um, you know, then one of the songs, it's a little bit more, it's weird. It's got like parts like cashmere by Led Zeppelin, but it's kind of modern sounding. And like a lot of the vocal kind of nuances and the way I've manipulated the melodies, I've really based on some tool songs. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of that's where I'm going with it, and you know I might release it, and you guys will be like, "What the fuck is this?" That no, is not no. what she said. No, but no. In, in my head, that's what in my head that's what I was thinking when I was you know in the studio. Whereas you know that's that's as much as I can really. Mikael, he has heart eyes right now. You can tell he's that you are speaking his language. So it's always nice <laughs> oh, to good. to meet people who are into heavy music, you know. And yeah, I yeah. definitely agree. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have her on the show. I mean, not only is she stunning, but I mean, I I, I actually did enjoy her music. I mean, there wasn't anything I didn't like, or was I wasn't like, oh, next, next. No, their music's badass. Yeah, her music sure. was badass, sure. or is badass. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so how'd you thank hook you. up with your your current band, Evil Walks? Um, how'd you come up with the name? Yeah, it's spelled. Uh, it's an ACDC song. Oh, nice. It's a, but I changed the spelling. So the, yeah, the original song. I mean, I'm more of a Bon Scott fan uh-huh. because, of course. But there's a Brian Johnson song called "Evil Walks," and it's about this like evil woman with like hazel. I don't know. She's just she's a bitch, and I love it. So I was like, <laughs> that's really cool. And it's kind of like you know that typical. It's you know what every man in man singing rock songs like that evil woman stole my heart and you're like yes i did fuck you (laughs) (laughs) i thought i thought that was funny i thought that was like a cool character like a you know because at the beginning i was kind of still finding my voice and so it was nice to have like the name based around like a character yeah right play Mm -hmm. which you know that's kind of gone away now and it's you know become something different but that's kind of where it came from you know, it's funny sense. because I was um, I was communicating with a gal on Instagram yesterday and she's like, I love the way you're a badass. And I'm like, I'm really not a badass. You know, I come <laughs> off that way. You know, I, I don't know. Like, maybe is it my logo? I don't know. Like, it's just <laughs> like and she's like, no, I love it. You seem very dominant. And, you know, and I'm like, really? because <laughs> I'm really I'm really a softy you know I'm really a sweet well I guess I'm a I'm sure there's a couple people with some bumps and bruises that might disagree with you on that one right but I'm just saying <laughs> I'm the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet right <laughs> <laughs> I love that <laughs> so how long has your your current lineup been how long how long have you guys been together for well, so this so it's a bit hard because all my guys are all they all do session work for everybody so mm-hmm. um this the people that are currently in the band, the, my drummer has been with me the longest. He's actually like a permanent member. He's mm-hmm. totally in. Um, he's been with me since for five years now. Um, he's also like my best friend in the whole world. Like he's, uh, I'm, I'm his mum. Like she's like, oh, she's like my daughter. Like he's, <laughs> you know, he's he's family. So I, so that's Jimmy Lee. Um, our two guitarists, um, Sam Bam. Uh, he plays in everything. Like, if there's a band, he probably plays in it. Uh, like, 
I think he's playing in Fast and Pussycat at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, he plays for everyone. Um, so he started, I think we got him into our band in like 2018. Um, cause like our original guitarist couldn't do a show and we just, it kind of vibed better. And that other guy was moving, you know, he was getting married and kind of doing different things with his life. So Sam came in. His best friend is Logan, who's our other guitarist. So we needed another guitarist, so we brought Logan in. And then that kind of... And they put, they both play with Butterside as mm-hmm. well. So they kind of had a, like... Yeah, so they kind of came in together. And then my bass player... Um, we, I have a few. Uh, Elliot, who played with us, we just played in Vegas on Saturday. He... Um, he was, he's been with me since like 2015-ish. I want to say 2015. Uh, 16. 2015, 2016. Um, but he goes on tour with Dorothy all the time. So when he's on tour with Dorothy, we have Nick Diltz, who's also in All Hail the Yeti. But they've started touring again. So we also, we just kind of pick, pick uh, like bases from like anywhere in the Hollywood scene because we're all friends. So it's kind of gotten to the point where it's if it needs to be replaced because someone's on tour, we can just go find someone we we already know. Well, it's nice to know that 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 uh, you know the bassists are the 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 kind of <laughs> the, the floating the floating musicians. I mean, you know, the the band I played in, I, th- I think we went through five different bassists in a span of eight years. You know, oh, wow. <laughs> like, it's just. It, yeah. Musicians are fickle are, sometimes. Good bases are hard to track down, and when you do find them, they're always busy because they're so hard to find. So exactly. I have like a, a, I have a roster of bases. Like I'll only work with certain ones, and then they're the people that I call. And if Elliot's not available, I call Nick. If Nick's not available, I call like you know. There's a bunch of different people that I, and same with guitarists as well because it's. It's a band, but I'm the songwriter and I do do all of the music and it's all my expense that goes into it. So if one of the guys can't do it because they have another gig, I'll hire someone else to do it. Even though they're like, we miss them and like, we miss them and they'll come back. But if they're busy, I, I got to still keep moving, you know? All right. You got to keep, got to keep pushing forward. Now, do you have yeah. a rehearsal space that you, that you guys work in and how many, how many days a week are you dedicating to, uh, to rehearsing and stuff I like mean, that? How does that work? Do you rent? There's there's some places oh. that have you know that have you know rehearsal spaces. Sometimes bands will share rehearsal spaces just oh. to cut the costs and stuff oh. like that. Oh, okay. Most of um, most of my rehearsal I do at home. We'll get together for rehearsal if we have a show mm-hmm. coming up. But just because of the nature of the band and we all have been playing together for so long, um, we don't necessarily like rehearse every week or anything like that because I also do all the writing separately mm-hmm. so I know a lot of bands get together and jam they write and they do all of that um, that's not really the setup that we have to this band so when we have like a lot of shows coming up we'll get in and we'll do like solid rehearsals for them and then like when we were doing the um, when we first when I first got to LA we were doing rehearsals five days a week five uh, four hours a day oh wow um, whereas yeah whereas now it's like if we have a show we'll rehearse that week for like four or five hours or maybe three check out everything but you know i'm only just starting to do the new music now because even though the the new record only came out last year those songs have been being performed since 2015 and 2016 Mm -hmm. so we've been performing those songs for a very long time oh wow so now that we're starting to get new material um that's probably when we'll have to go in and really knuckle down and just have a few rehearsals now how long does it take to put an album together uh, it all depends how much money you have and how much time like you want to take. So I was self, I'm self-funding the album at the moment, so it's probably going to take me a little while. Mm-hmm. If we happen to get a label, um, 
you know, it'll it definitely expedite the process. But even once the album is like totally finished, say if I had like a finished product today, it would still take another six to eight weeks maybe or more depending on if you have a publicist just to like make people aware that you are releasing an album and like getting people hyped so let me ask you this what does a publicist actually do for you Uh, a publicist will go out to all of the media outlets and events and things like that send through um info on you and just be like hey i'm representing this really awesome band i think that you should do an article on them or i think that you should interview them for your podcast or i think they should be on this tv show or i think they really need to be at your event and they kind of just like make people aware that you exist oh gotcha <laughs> are they expensive I could imagine. yeah Oh, okay. I wasn't too sure. Like how all of this, all of this is so new to me and all of this is just, you know, I, I I just don't know how people do it. Now you said you do, um, you're doing the songwriting and and stuff like that. Now are, um, when it comes time to actually sit and record, are you renting studio space or are you doing it more of a DIY? Like you have your own your own kind of setup going how's that how are you working that recording stuff oh um so i do the co-writing with my producer and we work out of my producer's studio nice nice sounds like you have a lot of people in your corner and you have a, a good support system so you're definitely blessed for sure yeah i'm very lucky i have a um i have a really good team around me and a lot of the people who are in like this is a new team like because we only got signed with this manager in september last year mm-hmm. but all of these people in this new team i've known for six years and it's like it's all finally come together now so it's it's very exciting and not only that it just seems like it's a process it's not something that's going to happen overnight Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely a process. <laughs> it's all about the journey. Right. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Um, do you have anything else, you any other topics that you, you feel like talking about or anything else you want to kind of promote or, yeah, websites, um, you know, social media, any of that stuff that we can kind of link? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, just if people thought that I sounded cool, um, just, come follow the band and me on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or anything online because I'm a whore for the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't have an OnlyFans though. So no, there's no OnlyFans or Patreon or anything because I'm just, my friend has a Patreon and he like gets on and does guitar lessons every day and I have no idea where he finds the time. (laughs) Like I don't, like there is the OnlyFans and Patreon, like the content creators, like constantly creating, I'm too lazy to do that. So I'm not on there, but I'm thinking about it. But everything else, I'm there. So where do the where do we find you at? Are you at? Yeah, you know, what's your what's your handle? What's your website? That sort of stuff. On Instagram, you can find me at Adventures in Plastic Land. I love that. Um, or Evil Walks, which is E V O L, short for Love Backwards or short for Evolution, and then Walks goes for Walk. Um, YouTube, just search Evil Walks. Even if you type in my name, Leah Martin-Brown, you'll, a bunch of covers and random shit will pop up. Yes. Um, and then <laughs> <They will. laughs> Facebook again. Yeah, <laughs> they, they definitely do. Yeah, just Evil Walks or Leah Martin-Brown on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, I don't really use Twitter. It exists. I know it's there. I have an account. Don't use it. Yeah, but- I don't use it either. I think I, I can barely handle my Facebook and my Instagram. That's that's all I can really handle. And I, I don't even go on Snapchat. I used oh god to be, no! I don't do Snapchat either. I used to be a Snapchat whore, but I don't know. Now I'm shamed. I just 
<laughs> people just don't really I don't know I, I only I try and use my time wisely and mm-hmm. with Snapchat like 80 people watch my stories whereas on Instagram I get over a thousand people watching my stories so it's like well where am I going to spend my time here yeah you and know? you know I, I'm just not a big fan on people like I really don't care who watches me or what how many likes or, or or anything like that until recently I have to tell you until recently because my plays and my downloads were not matching my followers so once I started working with a marketing company and stuff um, I, I kind of started enriching in the whole um, the following content and I started learning more about it but um, yeah just you know for me exactly I started I just wanted to use my time wisely and it, it was more to like podcasting and who was going to be, you know, our next guest or, you know, content for the our next guest or, you know, putting a video together or a promo or spending time with my family. So, yeah, I can definitely um, agree with you on that one. Yeah, I think it's just, yeah, because there's so many different like channels. It's like, again, like I, I have a lot of friends who do the, like I mentioned earlier, the Patreon or the OnlyFans. And they're making great money out of it, but I just don't know where they find the time because they're doing all the other social platforms as well. Like they're running, if you do, you know, they're, they're sending out Polaroids and doing guitar lessons or vocal lessons or come design a shirt with me. Like they're coming up with these brilliant things. I'm like, where do you find the time? <laughs> they're not sleeping, like, I guess. <laughs> well, and that's oh, the thing gosh. with me. I'm very artistic too. So it's like, well, just don't ask me to paint anything. But I mean, either than that, I get pretty creative. So, um, you know, when it comes to like, you know, designing shirts or designing anything or being, you know, touching or tapping into my creative outlet for me, I guess, um, it would have to be something intriguing for sure. I totally agree. Sorry, I my, my brain's not working. It's but okay. I'm it, right it, along it, there with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. Like, yeah, it just, it has to like really capture, capture attention because otherwise it's not really worth doing, right? Yeah, it has to be inspiring and, you know, it has to be a passion for sure. Well, it was a pleasure. It was definitely a pleasure having you. And I'm so excited. I've been excited all weekend to to talk to you and to, um, you know, just meet another friend, have another friend. I don't know, another friend. Interview a badass chick on right? International Women's Day. Right? right? Yeah, and she's yeah. one fucking badass. And I'm going to go ahead and post a video so all of you guys could get a little taste of her. Um, and let me tell you, she's addicting. She's going to be the oh. next heroine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are so nice. Thank you. <laughs> and she's eye candy too. And who doesn't like a little eye candy? <laughs> so definitely thank you so much yeah definitely you know for all our listeners out there you know check out evil walks check out leah martin brand and um you know you'll enjoy you'll enjoy what you uh what you hear man it's uh, if you're a fan of of you know female fronted heavy music like this is right up your alley for sure right up your alley <laughs> thank you so much i've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you guys absolutely and you're always welcome back thank you so much anytime and once again you are watching and listening to broken girl unchained till next time